throughout my early music career, I kept trying to fit into some box that was not for me. And ultimately it didn't end up working out because of that. And um, so once I figured out that's not what I was supposed to be doing and it was supposed to be making music for God, things just became clear. Between the Grooves is hosted by James Curtis, music director and morning man in the greater Toronto area on Joy Radio, and Aisha Woods, Grammy-nominated singer, songwriter, and musician. Together, they talk with artists and industry insiders to discover our connection between music and faith. You can connect with us on Facebook or Twitter, at Between Grooves. Now, here's James and Aisha. Welcome to Between the Grooves. It's your look at music, ministry, and everything in between with today's top Christian artists and people in the music business. I'm James Curtis, and Aisha's not here today. Folks, my apologies. Um, I'm going solo today, so uh, it's just, just me. You're stuck with me and my guest. And today we're chatting with... Natasha Zimbero. Uh, she's been in the music business for quite some time, uh, but not necessarily in the Christian side of things. She's had some experience in the country genre as well as pop, and now she's doing Christian music, and we're going to hear all about it with Natasha on Between the Grooves. How are you? Hi, James. I'm good. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, not a problem. Um, why would you ever move away from Maple Ridge, British Columbia? It is just beautiful in BC. It is. It is beautiful. Um, I moved to Toronto, well, mainly for music, but I also do act as well. So it was kind of like a double whammy. I went out there to work on my music career um, because at the time, this was around 2015. I always kind of lose track of the time um, after COVID, but it was around 2015 that I went there um, because that was the place to be for music in Canada. And um, I had some wonderful opportunities out there and it really shaped me as a person and also my faith, um, just going through what I went through out there as well and being on my own and just trying to figure out the wonderful world of music and um so I went out there for that and stayed for six years and now I am back home in Maple Ridge so you had kind of a country flavor way back when correct yeah that's actually how I got my start um unintentionally I was 13 and I was opening up for Carrie Underwood actually um I won a competition and so I was kind of like flung into that spot which was incredible um, and really opened my eyes to a lot of different things um, about how much like I loved music and just being on stage because that was the biggest stage that I've ever been on. It was in front of 60,000 people and I was 13 and in front of Carrie Underwood and I met her and she was like my idol and um, I started in that and then I ended up uh, catching the eye of a country manager and um he managed me for a few years. That's how I got my first record deal. And then I just went down to Nashville and spent a lot of time there. And as a 13-year-old, you don't really know who you are yet, um, let alone like what genre you want to be in. So um, for me, that's kind of how I started. And I stayed in that area for a bit and I just felt it wasn't quite right. And then I did actually move to pop music 
um, for a bit and uh, signed another major record deal in Canada, was really blessed for a a lot of wonderful opportunities. Um, But at the end of the day, it... uh, I knew it wasn't where I was supposed to be. It wasn't the genre I was supposed to land in. It just wasn't fulfilling me. So, um, yeah, so I've kind of been in and out of genres for sure, but um, I know I'm where I'm meant to be now, and I've found my my true calling. I could see pop in Toronto, but I would have thought that Calgary was the Canadian hub for country music. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely people in Calgary who are doing wonderful things in the country music space. Um, But most of the time, like most of the studios and all the record labels um, and managers and entertainment companies are actually all in Toronto, believe it or not, even more so than Vancouver as well. So now it's a little bit different. Um, Like since COVID, everyone can be a little bit more remote, I believe. And it's a little bit easier to connect with people that you weren't able to connect to before COVID. And that kind of goes for anything in life these days. It seems like um, everyone's a little bit more connected. But um, Toronto definitely was the place to be for sure. Um, I would think that being in the pop music industry would be um, a little bit more financially stable than getting into the Christian side of things. I mean, don't you think don't you think mm-hmm. that you should have stayed in pop because of that? So my answer for that is no. Um, just because I was not being fulfilled at all in that genre. And um, I often tell people, like, we had a lot of success with that band that I was in. And um, we were touring and we actually... It's funny because one of our songs from 10 years ago just landed um, a spot in the... Uh, Oscar nominated movie The Mitchell versus the Machine so like my voice is on there and I'm singing it and I wrote it <clears throat> next to Rihanna she plays next and you just see the credits and it's like crazy cool to see but those songs had no meaning to me and um, I mean obviously they're part of my journey and I had to go through that and walk through that valley to get to where I am now but at the end of the day like they just weren't fulfilling me and because I spent a lot of time acting growing up and even still now I found that when I wrote songs I would always pretend I was someone else like another character and so when I was in the pop band it totally was not me at all like not my identity not what I did not who I was and so we were writing songs that catered to the radio um, but not and, and to the other band members but it was not who I was and so I just kind of because I was younger I was 17 18 I just kind of wrote that off in my head like oh this is no big deal because it's just it's not me but I'm just playing a character and so um definitely it it uh was good for you know profiting off of but at the end of the day it was not uh who I was and so I actually decided like this wasn't working for me and and we decided to um kind of end the band and uh, I moved on. And when you moved on, you were in Toronto at that time? Um, no, actually, I wasn't in Toronto yet. So that was before I moved out there. Um, this was like in my early teens. I've uh, I've been on this musical journey for a long time, but um, 
before I moved to Toronto and then afterwards I moved to Toronto and that's when I wanted to pick up the pieces again and 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 start again and try to find my identity through through music um, meanwhile it seems like I was looking in the wrong places <laughs> and so how did you figure out that Christian music was the way you wanted to go so growing up um, and even throughout my teens and my early 20s I didn't listen to the radio, um, like the secular music radio, as funny as that sounds. I could never really turn it on, <laughs> even though I, my songs were playing on it. I just kind of it just what didn't feel right to even listen to that. But what I found that I was listening to was worship music and at my church um I would just be like singing those songs all day and just I couldn't get them out of my head. And I just felt uh, a crazy calling when I was in my early 20s to to stop what I was doing altogether, stop writing the songs that I was writing because they didn't mean anything, stop trying to fit into the mold of what I thought I should be and allow God to take me where I need to go. And um, a lot of my early teens and early 20s, I was trying to do a lot of things in my own strength. Um, and and not rely completely on God to lead the way for me. And so when I decided to be born again, and I was in my early 20s, and give my life fully to Christ and and just allow, me, allow Him to lead me, that's when my whole sound became super clear to me. And also, it was easy. I didn't have to try anymore. And that was a big revelation for me because throughout my early music career I kept trying to fit into some box that was not for me and ultimately it didn't end up working out because of that and um, so once I figured out that's not what I was supposed to be doing and it was supposed to be making music for God things just became clear and um, I asked for his wisdom and and he really truly has guided me and, and opened doors for me that um I never thought could be open, but it, it wasn't hard for them to be open. They were just opened. I didn't have to go knocking on them like crazy like I've done in the past. So do you listen to the radio now, like uh, Christian music? I, I sure do. I sure do. I wish I was in uh, in Toronto to listen to Joy Radio. Um, but uh, back in Maple Ridge here, we have the Praise 106.5, which is the um, Washington station. We actually don't have our own. So... I yeah, definitely no, I listen to the radio now. I can say that. <laughs> my, my parents used to live in British Columbia. They moved there when my dad semi-retired. And so they moved there. They lived there for about 18 years. They were living in Mission, B.C., just outside of Abbotsford. And oh, yeah. So, yeah, it was all, it's all the U.S. Uh, Christian stations getting piped in uh, into the mm-hmm. Vancouver area and all the, and all the um, uh, other areas. Um, you just returned from Nashville and my understanding, mm. you, you were doing some co-writes there. Can you tell us about that whole experience? Oh, yeah. It was wonderful. Um, so I went down there for a few weeks, and um, I was just writing every single day. And um, like I was saying before about how things just feel like they come more naturally now, a lot of people, when I told them, like a lot of my co-writing peers or or just musician peers were shocked that I was able to, like, write every single day like most of the time people break it up or um, leave a space in between but I just felt the Holy Spirit like talk to me every single day and I just was completely um, 
it was just flowing naturally and it was so wonderful it was the best writing trip that I've ever been on and I actually am going back down there again in a few weeks and working on new music so right now I'm just in the stage of writing 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 um, collecting as many songs as possible Um, and this time uh, it's from my heart and it's who I am and so it's just so wonderful and fulfilling to listen back to a song that feels like my testimony versus listening to a song um, that I have no connection to whatsoever, knowing I wrote it, but but I just, you know, have no desire to, to, to almost listen to it because it's just like, uh, this is just, this isn't even real. So um, for me, it uh, was super fulfilling. Um, it's a lot of work. It is, it is a little bit mentally draining to write every single day, but um, I feel like just because of the COVID time, um, I had so much uh, kind of ready to go for this trip, like lots of ideas and um, concepts and and just really my testimony, like my faith in the last four years has grown so much since before when I wrote um, my previous or my first Christian EP. So it was just really exciting to get back down there and uh, really hunker down and um, work on new songs for this next project. So it's not easy to just go to Nashville and just start from scratch to say, hey, I'm going to you know, co-write with people. You must have had a plan in place. Did you, did you prearrange mm-hmm. some uh, co-write meets ahead of time? Yeah, I did. Yeah. So it's, um, it is like that where you have to kind of have a bit of a plan, but I will say that um, up until like three weeks before I had not not a full schedule at that point, but then by the time I got down there, God opened these amazing doors. Um, and I ended up being busy every single day when I was down there and um, was just, yeah, completely fulfilled. And now needs I need to go back down again. It was, it was just such a great trip. And um, I really feel excited about this next batch of songs. And um, Lord willing, I hope they uh, come out in the next little while here. I've never been to Nashville myself. I would love to go. Uh, my understanding is if you go to Nashville or just outside of Nashville like Franklin and you you stop in at the coffee shop, you're bound to meet some artist mm-hmm. you know, at any given time. <laughs> Did you have that experience? Um, I, I actually really didn't see very many people there, but that was because I was really in the studio writing, um, for the most of the time. But I will say that that is true. Like on other trips that I've been on, I have seen people just in coffee shops and in the mall, there's a mall there called the mall of green Hills. And that's where like everyone goes, like everyone lives in that area. Everyone goes there. But what's really cool about Nashville is that no one actually approaches, um, these people so they're very respectful of you know who they are and and um and their their space and so that's like i believe probably one of the reasons why they continue to stay living there because everyone is super respectful of them when you were in nashville this last round uh, were you talking to any labels at all i don't think i can say at this point okay, but so that, i will say that's, that, that, that that's my answer no that's fine that's... <laughs> yeah there's definitely some really cool things that god has in the works and um, just the people I've been working with have been um, incredible, and I've just been completely blown away about uh, 
some of the connections that I've made. So I am definitely grateful and I'll keep you posted. Okay, okay, that sounds good. Now, can you tell us who you were co-writing with at least? I feel like I should almost keep that a secret too. I hate keeping secrets. I don't. I'm not a person like that. But okay, I can try to pry it out for you. Or you know, the other thing is, I can <laughs> promise you that nobody will know. I won't tell us all. Right? <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I, this is being recorded, so now I worry. <laughs> yeah, and you should. And you should. <laughs> That's funny. But let's just say that um, they've they've done very, very well in the Christian music space and um, have had many, many, many number one songs. And I was in the presence of writing with multiple people like that. So I was just completely blessed to to be in the same room as them and um, totally inspired by them myself. Now, how did you stay focused? If you're, I can understand how the writing process can be draining sitting in a room with other creatives, uh, and and that can be, in one sense, it can be exhilarating, but in another sense, I could see how exhausting that could be. So what were your mm-hmm. non-writing times like when you were in Nashville? Yeah, so actually my mom came down with me for a bit um, with her best friend because they, well, my best, my mom's best friend had never been to Nashville. And my mom had when I was like 13 and <clears throat> in my early music career days but they both decided just you know after COVID opened up they wanted to go on a trip so they thought they'll tag along with me and then they'll do like sightseeing in the day while I'm working and then um they'd pick me up and then we'd go do more sightseeing so honestly it wasn't super relaxing afterwards but maybe that's what I needed in order to like kind of shake off what I just did, like get decompressed from that and then be ready for the next day. Um, We ate a lot of fried chicken, I will say that. So I guess that's part of the process. Part of life in Nashville, right? Totally. Um, Fried chicken, biscuits and sweet tea is maybe the fuel that's needed. Um, But uh, yeah, so just ironically at that time for the first week that I was there my my mom was there so we we did some stuff afterwards and then um and then they left and I just stayed there but I definitely think that uh it is important after a busy writing session to like get your mind off of music altogether because you also don't want to bring that into the next session so like sometimes it's really easy when you're writing a song to like be super obsessed by the melody and it gets stuck in your head because you're learning it and you're creating it and then it's almost really easy to bring it into the next session with you because it's something really fresh in your mind so if you can try to like separate the two, like the song that you just wrote with the song that you're about to write, that's really uh, important. So how do you rein it in? Like, how do you stop mm. doing that whole got to work, got to work, got to get this done, got to get this done? Like, how do you how do you objectively rein in that whole work mode? Mm, that's a good question. Um, I'm working on it. I will say it is hard for me because I've been someone since I was really young who's had like that work ethic kind of grained into me just from starting in the music industry so young. So it is definitely something that I'm working on. But I do find that when I allow myself to rest, that's when I actually get a lot of Holy Spirit led ideas um, versus like 
my own self trying to like work really hard to to figure out my next steps so I do find that um like taking time in the morning to to be in the word and then also like I have like a little bible study that I always try to do like continuously um just to keep my mind focused on him and not on my busy schedule I find that that's what really helps that's the best way I can stop myself and allow myself to rest for a bit but I will say like in terms of scheduling I am still working on that part because I do try to fit a lot in and um and just be as busy as possible um which I know can be a downfall um as well because we're not supposed to be busy every single day (laughs) um all day but don't you find if you have that relax or rest time don't you don't you get that that guilt like that's what I get I I, Mm -hmm. I feel after the fact you know an hour and a half into it I feel like oh man I could I could have been doing this or I could have been doing this and and now I'm feeling the guilt because I could have been I don't know achieving something you know totally I I do get a little bit of that as well and then um and then I have to tell myself, well, this is this is what God wants for me to like allow myself to rest a little bit, and He knows where I'm going, anyways. So I try to, I try to allow Him to just work through me and 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 tell myself that it's okay. Um, with that in mind, and knowing that again, it's not in my own like strength to get everything done and to do all the works um, myself. I think that. Uh, but I, I do think that it's something that I still struggle with. Like you said, like you feel a little bit of guilt because you're like, I wish I didn't just waste the last hour of my life watching right. this reality TV show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's almost like, uh, um, yeah, it's, it's that guilt of, of the waste, right? The waste where mm. it, it could have been used more effectively or used better. Or, you know, instead of me ca- getting caught up in YouTube videos or something like that, I could have, you know, done this instead or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think a lot of people probably resonate with that, even just without with through like going through COVID. Um, I feel like in one way I was super productive. Just I mean, everyone kind of learned something new. It seems like and did something different, um, whether it was like to learn learn how to bake or do something like that. Um, but I think that like. I'm, I feel a little bit guilty of not doing more <laughs> in that time when the world was shut down. Um, but now that it's opened back up, I just feel like the world's our oyster now and there's lots to lots to get done. So maybe I feel extra motivated because of that. During COVID, I, I wanted to do more. Um, I was in a position mm-hmm. where I still had to show up and do my job and, and show up for work every day. I was one of the only people in the radio station, but I had to still do the morning show. I still had everything else. Now everybody else on staff was working from home, but um, I still had to do the commute, although I will say the commute was a little quicker because there was less cars on the roads. Um, but I, I got a little jealous yeah. of people that you know, made comments like, I'm finished Netflix. You know, I've, there's nothing else, <laughs> nothing left for me to watch. And I'm thinking, I wish, you know, I would have right. loved to have some of that yeah. downtime. I would have, I figure if I had done everything from home, like many people had to, the one part of it is, well, um, you know, you're, you're kind of restless. But for me, it was like, man, I could have saved myself, you know, two and a half, maybe five hours of traveling per week. And I could have right. saved myself a ton of money in, in fuel and, and maintenance on the vehicle and whatever else. I can just park it for now, although they say that's sometimes costly 
not to drive it. But I, I just I was a little jealous of of the people. Uh, you know, how many people wrote books, right? Yeah. Or or started yeah, podcasts so that they didn't you know continue doing or whatever else. Like so, yeah. I would love to try something new. I just couldn't. So I was I was a little upset. I'll be honest. <laughs> well, I, I will say that I did start a podcast. I was one of those people. But I am proud to say that we still continued on with it. Well, that's the, that's the key. So tell me a little bit about the podcast, because I know you've got a podcast, and I know mm. you've been doing it for a while now. And, and a, lot of, a lot of what they say about podcasts is the key to a successful podcast is to keep it going. And a lot of people just kind of figure, this is a lot of work uh, initially. Yeah. Uh, I'll do it for a little bit. And then after that, it's just like, yeah, that, just too much work. I'm, I'm, you know, COVID's ended. I'm back to my regular schedule. And now I don't have time for mm-hmm. it. Right. Yeah. So during COVID, like actually at the very beginning stages, um, one of my best friends and I were talking and we both kind of stumbled on the same thought where we felt like there needed to be a Christian community for young girls. And that's something that's really been a huge part of like what I do now with my music, um, because I always wish that I had music to listen to as a kid that really inspired me, but also most importantly, inspired my walk with God. And um, and I'm sure that was out there, but I just, I wasn't stumbling upon it when I was younger. But anyways, um, we decided that we wanted to start a community for young girls specifically and women um, that kind of kept us all close, but had the commonality of Jesus at the, fr- at the forefront of it. And so we started this, it started out as like an Instagram page and we were, you know, kind of posting quotes and things like that it grew and then we were like let's just start a podcast like why not and so we like you know it took a while to figure out it wasn't really easy to figure out at all um but uh it gave us something to do during the quiet times of covid and we started it out and and it really grew and um we get messages just from all over the world um from young girls and women just saying how inspired they are by whatever topic we were talking about or whatever guests we had on. And we mainly just talk about people's faith stories or how it resonates with us. And um, it we're still doing it. And it's been a huge blessing to us as well. It's really ministered into our lives doing it because not only has it allowed us to grow in a skill that we didn't have before, which is ministry and just talking about God all the time um, publicly and but we are also just being ministered ourselves through the people that we have on the show so it's been really wonderful and then we also started a clothing line afterwards because um, we just felt like we wanted to add another thing onto our to-do list and uh, it worked out and we're still selling those as well and it's been a huge blessing. It's it's great that you can make a ministry fun and not a chore. Yeah. I mean, that's the only way you can <laughs> yeah. keep the thing going because otherwise it's like, why are we doing what we're doing, you know? Totally. And like we, now that even with COVID being, you know, kind of cleared up and everyone's yeah, kinda, moved on. Kind of, like, yeah. Kinda, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how to how to phrase that. I don't know so, either because is it officially still a pandemic or, you know, I'm not it's, sure. it's kind of, I, it's waning off slowly, right? Yeah. And so, but with world, the world being functioning again, um, you know, our busy lives are, are just busier than ever. And then we still make time to 
to be present for our podcast and we're working on a new clothing line and it the main thing like you said is it doesn't feel like a task it doesn't feel like a chore and we never wanted it to feel that way um it feels like it's fulfilling us while also helping other people so yeah it's just been an amazing opportunity um to minister in our own lives and help us through something that was really difficult for both of us at that time and um we want to continue that for other people so the name of the podcast is covered by grace am i right Mm mm-hmm and that's, that's also right. that's yes. also the name of the clothing line? That's correct, yes. Okay, so people can check that out. Now, getting mm-hmm. back to the music side of things a little bit, you've, you've done a lot in music, whether on the Christian side, but also the um, mainstream secular side, whether it be mm-hmm. country or pop, and you've performed all over the place. Um, if you could look back now in your music career, what would be the highlight so far? Oh, goodness. This is a tough question. To be honest, I think I have like a really bad memory, (laughs) but I have done some really crazy, amazing things. Um, I did the X Factor when I was like 17. So I sang at Wembley Stadium. So that was iconic um, just being in that stadium. Um, I I sang a lot for um, sports teams and uh one of the biggest crowds I ever sang for was 90,000. Um, and sometimes I I think, how did I do that? But I know it wasn't me. It, you know, it was through God that he, he allowed me to be able to go out there and do that and not blink an eyelid and just be like, this is normal. But um, that was really cool. Um, there's been so many really amazing things that I've, I've done. Um, and like I said, I think I have a bit of memory loss because I'd have to look at my bio to even remember. <laughs> but um, it's it's been really, really awesome. Like, it's never a dull moment. I do some incredible things. My favorite things to do, though, is when I sing um, at, like, charity events and, and things that are really touching people. If I'm able to do that, that's my favorite thing because I know that... Um, it's well it's helping in the process but like to hear the how it helps the other side is just incredible to me like that's the most fulfilling for me is giving back and so um those those are also up on the list for me as well and what about on the ccm side anything that sticks out so the ccm side has been an interesting thing because i released my first ccm album last year so or I guess it was an EP so I actually haven't toured that yet and I haven't really sang anywhere um to promote that yet so this is actually all new for me so um I'll keep you posted as I walk through that but I believe that God will um put some cool things into my life um moving forward to perform those songs and uh and get that music out there as well. But you must have some connections based on your experience just in the music industry anyways, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. It's um, a little bit of a different landscape in Canada for Christian music, like That's you mentioned. True. Yes, yeah. Um, so I right now, a lot of my connections are in Nashville, which I'm totally grateful for. But um, I really do hope that over the next year or so, I can get on a a tour across Canada and just be able to meet the wonderful people in the churches in Canada. Or maybe you get to open for an unnamed artist that you may have been working with over the last few weeks and writing music <laughs> with, or, or that you would know, be the goal. If you get signed, perhaps 
in the future to some <laughs> label, they'll you know help you out and arrange these things as well. But I mean, you're not That's at liberty right. to say. So I mean, who knows? That's right. right. That's yeah. right. Uh, if there's it'll, a, it'll unfold. <laughs> if there's any breaking news, you let us know first, and we'll let everybody know. We'll be your we'll be your uh, your horn. How's that? Amazing, my 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 PR. Yeah, exactly, exactly. We'll get we'll get the we'll get the word out. Um, the EP that you released, uh, what's the name of it? Is it self titled or? It is self titled. Yes. Okay, and can you tell us a little, a little bit about the process and putting that together? Because again, it's now in a different genre than you're used to over the years. Yeah, for sure. So um, that was an incredible experience. I actually wrote and recorded it with Trevor McNeven from Thousand Foot Crutch, um, which is a amazing Christian rock band. Um, it's not, and, it's uh, not pop as much. Well, I, they have some songs that are pop-ish, I suppose. Yeah, a little. Yeah, a couple. Um, but he uh, he and I wrote um, multiple songs, and uh, we picked those three as the first EP, and then we were going to release it kind of around the beginning of COVID. Then we decided to kind of put the brakes on that just because we weren't sure what was going on, as no one knew. Um, and then I just decided I'm going to release it uh, last year just because I was already working on new stuff and I knew that new stuff was like in the work. So I wanted to get what feels old to me now, but I wanted to get that out um, because it still meant so much to me and it was such a wonderful experience writing and recording those with Trevor. You made the comment, feels old to me now, and that's probably one of the biggest <laughs> struggles for, for any uh, musical artist because you mm-hmm. the, the, the songwriting process might have happened years before or multiple years uh, writing it and perfecting it and everything else. And then when it's finally mm-hmm. released, like you mentioned about, you know, you haven't toured the album yet, you haven't toured the EP yet, but by the time you do, it's, it's going to be really old in your books, but it might be brand new yes. to a lot of people, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's um, that's an interesting thing because it, it is still new. Like it's less than a year old in terms of its release. And it's actually, you know, just starting to pick up on uh, Spotify and things like that. And um, and it's playing on different stations in Canada. And it's really cool to see because a lot of people are like shazamming the song. And, and to me, it feels like it's old because I wrote it before COVID and um, and but to other people it's fresh so that is like something that a lot of artists struggle with because it's it's a constant battle between you have to write your stuff obviously when you write it but by the time it gets released it could be like two three four and for some people like five six years before it's released and put on a compilation or an album and uh it is that's like a a thing a lot of artists struggle with i i feel like so as far as fresh is concerned, you've just finished this, uh, you know, multiple song rights in Nashville. Um, are you planning to take some of those tunes and, and, and have another album come out? Yeah, for sure. Um, so a lot of the music industry is like, is brainstorming. And so um, right now I need to write more. That's why I'm going back down there again. And then um, collectively make the decision of what the next steps are. And um, we still don't know exactly what that is just yet. Um, Most of the time, singles are a little bit better than releasing albums, um, especially like in the playlisting world at the moment with Spotify and Apple. So I believe it'll be a single. Um, So 
the hope is to have something out by the end of the year and uh, and then move forward from there. You know, I did pick up on some of the words you've said there, and, and it's, it's like you're trying to explain uh, in detail while still being vague. Can I say that? Like you talk about this collective decision. So obviously oh. <laughs> there's there's other people involved in this decision, whether yeah. it be, you know, other writers and artists and oh, perhaps labels, you know. So I understand <laughs> I un- understand how, you know, you have to be vague but yet answer the question. So I appreciate that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that is it. Thank you so much for uh, hanging with us. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. And uh, I hope that I get out to Toronto at some point and would love to come say hi if I do. Definitely. You need to do that for sure. Amazing. Well, thank you so much again, guys. Have a blessed day. You too. God bless. Okay. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, check out NatashaZimbero.com to find the links to her music and all the stuff that's happening in her life, including her podcast and her clothing line, NatashaZimbero.com. And before we go, it's time for some artist advice. This week from Kate Thompson. I would say grow where you're planted. You know, I think it's so easy to focus on what's ahead or what's happened in the past, but... Uh, My encouragement would be to focus where your feet are planted right now and soak it up, live in the moment, serve where you're at, whether that's your local church or whether that's a huge record label, whatever it might be, that's what God has placed in front of you for this moment. Serve where you're at. I really like that statement because sometimes we have these big goals and objectives and there's nothing wrong with striving for something bigger and something what you might perceive to be better. But sometimes those goals cannot be achieved if you don't start from the ground up. And so I think it's really important to grow where you're planted, as Cade suggested, because um, it's not necessarily going to happen your way. It's going to happen God's way. And God will use whatever happens in your life and the people around you to get where you need to be going. And that is it for this week on Between the Grooves. Thank you very much for tuning in. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Between Grooves or on Instagram at Between Grooves Pod. And we'd love to hear from you if you have any comments, any suggestions. And don't forget to leave us a few stars where you listen to this podcast. That just helps us reach more people as well. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to Fate Strong Today's Between the Grooves podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, would you consider sharing it with your friends, rating our podcast, or giving us some love on your socials to your amazing friends and followers will only help us reach more people. We'd also love to hear from you and share your feedback in an upcoming episode. Send your video or written message to Aisha and James on Facebook and Twitter at Between Grooves or email us anytime. Hello at faithstrongtoday.com. 